using uh, Paul's words from our reading. They're not ones that uh, we somehow as pastors or clergymen or the church, as we know it as an institution established, but God gave them to us in his word. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he knows exactly what we need. And we need a place to belong. In our society today, there is an epidemic. There's many of them, but one of those that gets little real publicity is that of the epidemic of loneliness. That of people feeling isolated, that of people feeling abandoned, that of people feeling, you know, uh, rejected. Lonely, a lack of belonging. And yet today in God's word through Paul, he says, you know, and you also are among those who were called to belong to Jesus Christ. What a audacious, what an incredible statement that the Lord is making through his servant Paul. The Roman Christians, a small little group, but here he is making this claim, and you also. Now, why is it so incredible? Well, so I go back to a little bit of my, you know, history days, uh, whether high school or maybe some of that of my seminary days. And, and when you think of Rome and the fall of Rome, I have a feeling very quickly when I say that, you start thinking about, you know, um, how they were so self-centered and, you know, so focused in on the here and the now and, you know, the sin and the vileness and the debauchery, all these terms that, well, we don't actually like to use a whole lot. And here comes Paul, called by the Lord to speak these words and says, and you also are among those called to belong to Jesus Christ. And that's incredible. This is that, uh, as I noted it, um, this is often referred to as that joy Sunday in the Advent season. Maybe you'll understand why it's a Sunday filled with joy when you realize that we're actually not a whole lot different than those people of Rome who were receiving this message of God through his servant, Paul. What incredible gift we have received. That God would come to us in the midst of our sin, in the midst of how we have lived, in the midst of how we have rejected him, God would come and say, and you too have been called to belong. What an incredible invitation and welcome that he extends. You know, it kind of helps to take some time to think about Paul's life a, a little bit and understand that, you know, he's not, you know, coming in as one who hasn't been there. 
I mean, he's the one who talks about, you know, being wretched with sin, you know, being the worst of sinners. But it was nothing in Paul that, you know, brought that call of God upon him on the road to Damascus. God came to him. God called him in the midst of his, you know, journey toward, you know, killing the Christians. He didn't deserve it. Neither do we. And neither did the Romans. We've been called to belong to Christ Jesus. What an audacious, what an incredible invitation and gift that he lays literally into our lap and says, come. Now, you've been hearing uh, Christian preaching and teaching, whether you've even been a Christian your whole life, the reality is it, it is significantly a part of our culture, our world, our society and nation that you know, even if you weren't a Christian for much of your life, you heard these kind of things. I say that because I want you to have a, a little bit of a glimpse of what it must have been like for, you know, these Romans who, you know, Paul brought this message to. Little old Paul who, you know, was probably hardly even known by anyone shows up in big old, you know, Rome. The Roman Empire makes this claim. And extends this call, this gracious invitation of God. Putting that in perspective, here we are in the little unincorporated dot of a town of Oxford, Florida. Here we are, yes, along the villages, you know, of the nation's fastest growing, you know, retirement area, or some would even say metropolitan. Uh, what's that, that full term? But metro, metropolitan, you know, area. But here we are in Florida, the, what is it now, the third largest state in the United States. Here we are in the United States of some 330 million people, and you know we still only make up like 4% of the world's population. And imagine, here I am, in this little dot of Oxford, standing before you, saying, and you too are called to belong. Incredible. And that is God's grace. It's undeserved. It's unexpected. It's incredible. It's overwhelming. And yet this is how our God chooses to work, to freely come and to call us out of the darkness of our sin, out of us literally rejecting him and comes to us and just extends his welcome and says, come and belong. And if that's not enough, reconsider some of these words from verse 7. To all in Rome who are 
beloved or loved by God and called to be saints. What, me? See, I know my sin. I know my shortcomings. I know my failures. I know how far I have wandered. I know the battle that rages within me. I know the battle that rages against this world. I know the battle that Satan brings upon me. And so do you. And yet he says today, not me, his word says to you and me, and you also are called to belong. What an incredibly gracious, loving God we have. Incredible. What are we called into? Verse 6. Called by God into fellowship with Christ Jesus. You probably heard me many a times talk about how um, I'm, not, um, I'm not a proponent of religion because neither is our God. And I think Jesus at times made it pretty clear neither was he you know, a proponent of religion. What he revealed, what he manifested, what he taught was he was about relationship. He went to the worst of sinners. He went to those who were rejected by others, rejected by the religious institution. He went to those who were desperate and in need and at the very end of their rope and had no hope, and he went to them and he welcomed them. And he loved them so that he could be in relationship with them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says, God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. Faithful at what? In doing what he's promised. In restoring us in our relationship, in reconciling us in our relationship with him, in making us his own people, his own children. And again, like Paul, not because of anything we have done, not because we deserve it, but because he is God and he is faithful. And he does what is needed. I try to remember as much of the story as I can. It, it is, uh, and, and somehow I lost the quote from the book, so maybe later I'll remember the book that it came out of, but... A father writes in this book uh, about uh, this adoptive daughter they got. She was about seven or eight years of age. She'd actually previously been adopted by another family, but they actually had returned her. She was too much. But they went and they adopted her. They took her home. They made her part of the family. They loved her. 
one day the uh, father says as we were you know talking and maybe exploring you know some of the things we had done as a family they discovered that their new little girl she had never been to Disney World and he's like I'm going to make you a promise we're going to take you to Disney World. What he found out later on was that a number of times the family that she had been adopted by had planned and scheduled taking her to Disney World. But she never made it. Matter of fact, on several occasions, they actually got all the way there, and the rest of the family that she had been adopted by, they went and she actually had to stay with somebody else. Because somehow she had not earned getting to go. Well, the father says, her new father, says that I'm going to take you to Disney World. Next time I've got a trip in the Orlando area, you know, we're going to go as a family, we're going to take you to Disney World. And it comes. He ends up scheduled with a trip, and he tells her, you know, we're headed there, and he says, and it began. This little girl who had been sweet and obedient and respectful and just many, many a ways a delight to their family became anything but. She became defiant. She became unruly. She became, you know, um, ugly. He sits her on his lap and he says, you know you're going to go to Disney World. Why are you doing this? But she couldn't answer him. He said, I was so tempted, so tempted to say to her, but if you don't straighten up, you're not going to Disney World. Somehow he said, whether by the grace of God, but he said, I bit my tongue, I did not say those words. Because he had this sense that that is what had happened in the past. They finally get there, and she's still just like all out, causing them headaches and stress and just turning the family upside down, and they get to the hotel, and it just continues, but they get up the next morning, and they go. And he said, it's everything that Disney is expected to be. High prices for the tickets, high prices for the food, crowds, and everything else, but they go. And she is with them. The day is much like most of you have all experienced. It's just filled with you know, the rides and the lines and the food and the crowds and the noise. And they get home that night to the hotel where they're staying at. And she's exhausted. She's lying down in the bed, holding her stuffed animal. And he finally says, we got to go to Disney World. kind of smiles and mumbles and closes her eyes. And then she finally speaks up and she says to him, I finally got to go to Disney World 
but it wasn't because I was good. It's because I'm yours. It's because I'm yours. That, my friends, is the outrageous, the incredible message of grace. You haven't deserved it. I haven't deserved it. I haven't earned it. Not one of us have. But we get to be the Lord's, to be with him, because we're his. This is the way our God works. Shows up over and over again in the scriptures. You know, outrageous grace, you know, is God who comes looking for us when we have nothing to offer him. It's a, a, a farmer in the scriptures and the gospel who pays a full day's wages for an hour's work. It's a God who, you know, goes after one sheep and you know, and leaves the 99, puts them at risk for one. Outrageous, incredible grace. It's a father who hands over his finest rings and robes to a, a son who had squandered, you know, his inheritance with wild living and, and friends who could care less. This is our God. This is our God. This is how he loves us. Not because we've been good, but because God has chosen and made you and me his own. And by the way, today he is still chasing you and me. Because we're still in this world. We're still surrounded by Satan and temptation. And he's still calling out to us. And he's saying, and you too have been called to belong to Christ. What an incredible, glorious message our God gives us on this Sunday. You, too, have been called to belong. Amen.